Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. So turn in your Bibles to Song of Songs, chapter 5. Yeah, it's about to get real up in church today. Song of Songs, chapter 5. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. Um, We actually have Bibles available uh, for you if you'd like a Bible at our info area. Just right after this service, just go up there and and we'll give you a Bible. Uh, But Song of Songs, chapter 5. We're in week number four and our final week of a series that we're calling Goals. It's a relationship series. And the whole idea behind this series is that we all have relationships, all of us. Regardless of your relationship status, we all have relationships. And we all have goals. We all have hopes and dreams for those relationships. But the good news is, is that God himself has goals for your relationship. I know that because all throughout this book, he talks about relationships. And throughout the Bible, it talks about all these different relationships that we have. And so God himself has goals for your relationships. And in this series, we've been talking about four very specific goals that God has for our relationships. If you missed any of those and you want to catch up, we have an audio podcast on Apple and Spotify that you can catch up on. Uh, But this week, we're going to be talking... Uh, about the goal of write this down if you're taking notes. We actually provide something in your worship guide for you to write down notes today. We're going to be talking about the goal of fighting right. Fighting right. Okay, let's pray. Let's invite God. God, we love you. Thank you for bringing us all here today. And God, our heart's desire is that we are not here just to go through the motions. We don't just want to come in here and walk out of here the same. God, our heart and our prayer and our passion today is that every single one of us walk out of here different. We don't want to play church today. And so, God, we open up ourselves and our lives and our relationships, everything in our life, and give you permission to do whatever you want to do. Speak to us, God, and help us to learn, in Jesus' name, how to fight right. In Jesus' name, that, the, that we pray and the church said, amen. amen. Now, let's be honest. Show of hands, how many of you have ever been in a fight? Just, show, just, just, just kind of put your hands up. You know, don't be coming into church acting like you don't get in any fights. You know, but, but Pastor Brian, we just have like intense disagreements. Stop it. No, you don't. You have fights. And we, we, all, we, all, we all have fights. I actually heard about a guy that said to his wife, and honestly, I cannot believe that he lived to, after saying this. He said, how to his wife, he said, how can you be so beautiful and so stupid, which is a bad word in my home, so stupid at the same time? And so she responded, well, allow me to explain. God made me so beautiful so you would be attracted to me. And God made me so stupid so I would be attracted to you. (laughs) It's not real. It's a joke. Um, So Heather and I have an awesome marriage. In fact, this past week, we celebrated 15 years of marriage. Come on. I'll celebrate that. That took some work. That took some effort. 
And so we celebrated 15 years this week, and uh, you know, we, we, we have an awesome marriage, but, but you know, we fight. We fight. I'm not going to be that pastor that comes in and pretends like I have it all together and that we never fight. No, we fight too, just like everybody else. In fact, we were talking this week about our biggest fight that we've ever had. It was before we even got married. We were engaged, and this fight was very intense, very emotional. There was a lot of yelling, a lot of crying, and she did some of that stuff too. <laughs> and really, the, the, the argument got so heated that we were questioning in that fight whether or not we should even get married. Should we just end this thing right now? And um, at one point, I, like, it's really embarrassing to say this, but at one point, I got so angry that I was wearing glasses, and I took off the glasses, and I threw them across the room. I was so angry. And we never made up that night. We ended up split, like, like going our own separate ways. We, like, we, we, we had no resolution at all to the fight that night, and we just went on. And the next day, Heather was so, like, still very, very upset. But I, being the man of God that I am, had completely moved on like nothing had ever happened. And she was so confused and very angry about why I was not reacting the way. Like, she was like, how could you just move on like that? And the truth is, I didn't remember the fight at all. Let me give you a little context. Because I had just had all four of my wisdom teeth taken out. And I was so doped up and out of my mind on pain meds that I didn't remember that night at all. So apparently, I'm super angry and very emotional on drugs. So... Now, here's the big idea for today. Like, if it's like, I, I just want to make sure that everybody could get this. If you could figure this out, and truthfully, it'll, it'll apply to every single relationship that we have. And here's the big idea of today, that the goal is not to not fight, but to fight right. See, the goal of today is not to not fight, but to fight right, because we sometimes have these unrealistic expectations that the goal is, is to never fight. And that all conflict, we look at all conflict as bad. And so we avoid it at all costs. But I love you enough to tell you the truth that in your relationships, in your friendships, in your family, in your marriage, listen, you will have conflict. It's not a matter of if you have it, it's when you have it. See, fighting is inevitable, but the goal is not to not fight, but to fight right. Because here's what I've learned. Conflict done the right way at the right time with the right heart will always produce the right results. Always. Let me put it this way. That fighting right is a doorway that leads us to God's best. That's why, write this down, healthy conflict leads to healthy relationships. It really does. That healthy conflict leads to healthy relationships. And this week, even though, you know, we're going to look through the lens of marriage, I believe that the content of today will apply to every single person, probably more than any other, any other weeks of this series. And today, we're going to be looking at a couple in the Bible that had a fight. 
Now, Song of Songs, or maybe in your Bible, is the Song of Solomon. It's a book in the Bible that's in the Old Testament, but it's also just that. It's a song of song. It is a poetic song all about love that describes in pretty graphic detail a relationship between a husband and a wife. And just so you know, this book of the Bible is spicy. It's kind of PG-13. So if you go and you read all eight chapters, just know that it's a little bit spicy. And out of those eight chapters, here's the crazy thing. Two out of the eight chapters of this book of the Bible deals with conflict. It talks about a fight that this couple gets in. And in their fight, we see what today I'm calling the three stages of how to fight right. It's kind of the three stages. And here's the first one. It's the event. It's the event. See, all conflict, all fights begin with a catalytic event. That's maybe a disagreement, a tension, a difference of opinion. I think we should do this. No, I think we should do this. Maybe it's a disalignment of values or a disalignment of vision, or maybe it's even an unmet expectation. And if we see, we're going to pick up in Song of Songs, chapter 5, and it's this conversation between a husband and a wife. And here it starts with a woman talking. She says, I slept, but my heart was awake when I heard my lover knocking. So let me just pause right there, give you some context. Something happened. There was some conflict. They're apart. It's late at night, and she's in bed, but she can't sleep because of whatever happened. And not only that, he's locked out, and he's knocking on the door trying to get in. He's officially in the doghouse. And so he's knocking on the door, and then he starts to call to her, open to me, my treasure, my God. You see, he's in trouble because he just starts like pouring it on real thick. <laughs> open to me, my treasure, my darling, my dove, my perfect one. My head is drenched with dew, my hair with the dampness of the night. But I responded, I have taken off my robe. Should I get dressed again? I have washed my feet. Should I get them soiled? See, she's playing hard to get. She's like, I already got ready for bed. I'm not getting up out of this bed. And she's making him earn it. And so then I think she feels a little bit of conviction. Says, my, my, lover, my lover tried to unlatch the door, but he couldn't. She locked him out. And my heart thrilled within me. I jumped up to open the door for my love, and my, uh, and my hands dripped of perfume. My fingers dripped. See, it's like very poetic language. With lovely myrrh as I pulled back the bolt, I opened to my lover, but he was gone. He wasn't there. He's like, fine, you're not going to open the door? When I knock on the door, when I start trying to woo you with my good words, you're not going to open the door? All right, I'm out. And then it says, she says, my heart sank. I searched for him, but I couldn't find him anywhere. I called to him, but there was no reply. And this event, whatever happened, this catalytic event, it led to a fight. And how many of you know that in a fight, small things can turn quickly into big things? You know, emotions and feelings get way too turned up. Things can escalate so quickly. And if we're not careful, we can say things that we never meant to say, that we truly don't mean, that even when we finish and like, we're, I'm so shocked that that came out of my mouth. How could I say that? Or maybe it's not just that we say things that we don't mean. Maybe we do things that we later regret. 
And so whenever that happens, here's what I've learned. That when the event happens, when that moment happens, that catalytic event that leads to the fight, there's not a lot of productive things that can happen, but there's a whole lot of destructive things that can happen. So how in the world do you keep things in that moment from going just full-on, red alert, nuclear? How do you do that whenever that event happens? Well, let me give you just this. I think this is worth the price of admission. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I think this is the best part of this message. And it's to fight right, create pre-fight rules. So if you want to fight right... Create some pre-fight rules. This is so important. These predetermined rules and boundaries that you decide before the fight. Because if you wait till you're in it, it's already too late. And so let me give you some that maybe you can put on your list. Maybe like, I just want to give you, and by the way, at the end, it's going to be big. And I'll tell you, and you can snap a picture because somebody in first service, like, I didn't get to write them all down. Okay, so here's the first. Never put it off. Never put it off. I'm not ever going to, like I did when I was doped up on pain meds, just let the night go and not deal with it. In fact, the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil is saying that we can't go to sleep until we settle it, which, by the way, really motivates me to settle it because I like going to sleep. <laughs> and so we refuse to stuff it, ignore it, let another day go by, or to give the devil a foothold. And so maybe you're like, what does that mean? What does it mean to give a foothold to the devil? Well, this is how I like to think about it. If you ever go on rock climbing, they always tell you that it's really important to make sure that you can use your legs and your feet. Because you can only hold on so long with your hands. And just think about the, the bigger the space, the easier it is to put your foot down, the longer you can stay there. I believe that when we have these moments, it gives the opportunity for the enemy to stick onto our lives. It's a foothold. And so that, that's kind of what that means. So we're going to never put it off. Here's a couple other things. Never in public. We're never going to go at it just in public. You know, never in front of our kids. We're never going to get physical. That is, that, that's just, we're just determining it. Maybe that's never been something in your relationship, but you know what? We're still going to have that boundary. It's never going to get physical. We're never going to call names. We're not ever going to tell somebody that you're this or you're that. We're never going to call names. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say, everything you say, even in fights, yep. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So we're never going to call names. We're also never going to raise your voice. We're not going to raise our voice. And by the way, I failed miserably at this in the past. And I've always put it under the category of, you know what, babe, I'm just passionate. Anybody ever done that? Just I'm passionate. It's my personality. I'm just spicy. <laughs> I'm with that with everything. That's not an excuse. You know, I, I love this quote from Jimmy Evans. He says, our marriage will never rise above our mouse. 
So we're never going to raise our voices. And also, we're never going to shut down. And we're never going to keep a long list. You know, that whenever the fight finally happens, I'm not going to go to my Evernote that I've been collecting for a long time of all the different, or go to the scroll, and it's like, okay, here's all the things that you've done since we said I do, and I'm going to bring those back. You know why? Because 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, love keeps no record of wrongs. So we're not going to keep a long list. We're also never going to say always or never. Never. We're never going to say always or never. I mean, here's a really important one, especially if you're married in the room. We're never going to threaten divorce. Ever. We are not ever going to threaten divorce. That I've taken that word out of our vocabulary. Because you cannot fight right if they're in fear that you'll leave them. So I've made a decision. If Heather leaves me, I'm going with her. <laughs> you leave, I'm going with you. Divorce is not an option. We don't even say it till death do us part. And so thinking about this this week, you know, like I, I was just thinking, and I, I felt this such strong conviction right here. And so I had this idea. I'm going to go to a dictionary, and I'm going to cut two words out of the dictionary. Okay, one, I'm going to cut the word impossible out of the dictionary because with God, all things are possible. There is no impossible. Right. Impossible is nothing for God. And so I'm going to cut that out of the dictionary. And then I'm also going to cut divorce out of the dictionary because it's out of my vocabulary. Here's the problem. It's 2019, and I don't have a dictionary at my house. <laughs> and so I couldn't figure out how to hack dictionary.com and figure out how to take that out. Uh, but I did, however, find an English-to-Spanish translation. And if you go search right now in Spanish and in English, I took out the words impossible and divorce. So we're never going to threaten divorce. And then here's the last one. This is really important. Make sure you get this and you can take a picture of this one if you didn't write them all down. Here's the last one. Very, 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 very important. Never, ever, ever quote your pastor. <laughs> ever. Leave me out of it, okay? Don't quote your pastor. So everything starts with this event, this catalytic moment that starts a fight. But to fight right, we're going to create these pre-fight rules. But then here's, here's the second, kind of the second phase, is the choice. It's the choice. It's after the event happens and we're all emotional and in our feels and we find ourselves right there in the middle of a fight. And that's where we're face-to-face -face with the choice. We're face-to-face -face with the decision, do I do what's right or not? Do I use our pre-fight rules or not? Do I do what God wants me to do or do I do what I want to do right here in this moment? Am I going to be right here led by my feelings or am I going to be led by the predetermined choices that I already made? And in Song of Songs, chapter 5, we pick it back up, and I give you context before we read these verses. Because he had just walked away. She came to the door. He was gone. A very highly emotional moment. And the Bible says that she then gets together with a bunch of her girlfriends. And girls, you already know that that's trouble. 
and what those environments can be like. Like a bunch of taking sides, stirring up drama, saying things like, can you believe what he did? Oh, girl, you deserve so much better than that. (laughs) But listen to her response. She says, my lover is dark and dazzling, better than 10,000 others. His head is fine as gold. His wavy hair is black as a raven. By the way, I... You should talk to me this way. This is great. This is awesome. <laughs> and she just starts kind of picking out just different things, you know, like, and it's all, it's all poetic language. And his eyes sparkle like doves beside springs of water. His cheeks are like gardens of spices giving off fragrances. His lips are like lilies perfumed with myrrh. His arms are like rounded bars of gold. Come on, man. His legs are like marble pillars set in sockets of finest gold. His posture is stately like the noble cedars of Lebanon. His mouth, and I think that's Israel, not like northern Cincinnati. Um, His mouth is sweetness itself. He is desirable in every way, even in a fight. And then she says this, such, O women, of Israel is my lover and my friend. But here's the cool thing. Listen to what he's saying at the same exact time, because he's not sitting there saying, can you believe what she did to me? That I went up, I humbled myself, and I tried to say all that stuff to get back in, and she didn't even come to the door. Can you believe what disrespect, and that's the crazy cycle from from week two of this series. Like, who does she think that she is? That's not what he says at all. Listen to what he says. You are beautiful, my darling. Yes, as beautiful as Jerusalem, as majestic as an army with billowing banners. Turn your eyes away, for they overpower me. Your hair falls in waves like a flock of goats winding down the slopes of Gilead. Your teeth are as white as sheep that are freshly washed. Ladies, you find you a man that talks about your teeth that way. (laughs) Your smile is flawless. Each tooth matched with this twin. Your cheeks are like rosy pomegranates behind your veil, even among 60 queens and 80 concubines. Get all the women you can and countless young women, and I would still choose my dove, my perfect one. Now, here's the beauty of these verses. I know it's very poetic. It's kind of funny. It's like, what do you mean? My hair's like goats. Uh, To there, it was cool, okay? (laughs) Here's the beauty of these verses. Because it would make so much more sense for them to get mad and to get angry and to push each other away and to want to be right or to assume the worst. But they both, both of them, made the choice to believe the best, to be humble, to do what's right over being right, and they both chose to take the high road. And by the way, the high road is never the wrong road. So practically, what in the world does that look like in our lives? That when that moment happens and we're right face to face with the choice, here it is, to fight right, choose to go first. Choose to go first. That regardless of what the other person does, I'll go first. I'll take the first step. I'll do what's right. I'm not going to wait. For the other person to initiate. I'm not going to wait for the other person to come to me. I'm not going to wait for the other person to apologize. No, I'm going to listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 that says, do to others whatever you would have them do to you. 
I'm not going to wait for that person to initiate because I want to do to them what I would want done to me. And so I'm going to initiate. I'm, listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, your fight should be a race to see who can make things right first. It should be a race between the two of you. It's like, no, 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 man, I wanted to be the one that went first. If you're a follower of Jesus, your fight should be a race to see who can make things right first. So you have the event, then you have the choice, and then finally, the last stage is number three, the reconciliation. You can have the reconciliation. See, the event has happened, the fight started, but the choice was made. And we're going to do what's right. We're going to go first. And now, true reconciliation can happen. Now we can grow. Now we can get better. Now we can move forward. But here's what I love to, here's what I love to think about when it comes to any conflict. I just don't want to move forward, both of us moving forward, because you can move forward in different directions. I want to move forward together. I want to continue to sit in this moment and work on it till we're moving forward together. And so we make that decision. That's what we're going to do. We're going to move forward together. Listen to what it says in Song of Songs chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. This is after all these things have happened. And it says, I went down to the grove of walnut trees and out to the valley to see the new spring grow, to see whether the grapevines had budded or the pomegranates were in bloom. So we still hadn't found each other. But before I realized it, my strong desires to make everything right, to have good relationship, to have a healthy marriage, my strong desires had taken me to the chariot of a noble man. Now, that doesn't mean anything to us in 2019, but here's why that is such a big deal. Because in the time that this was written, being together in a chariot full of like, like in front of a lot of people pre presented and represented the ultimate sign of health, unity, and togetherness. And this is the first time in this entire book of the Bible that this couple is publicly displayed. And get this, it's right after a fight. And it shows that not only did they do the hard work to get through and work through their conflict, but now on the other side, they were stronger than ever before. And they experience reconciliation. So how do you make that happen? Like what practically can you do to make sure that the reconciliation happens? Where you can experience that. Well, write this down. The last thing, to fight right, you have to extend forgiveness. To be able to move forward. And to fight right, extend forgiveness. Ruth... Bell Graham was, a, was, the, uh, was the wife of Billy Graham. And she said this, a good marriage is the union of two good forgivers. And here's why I love that so much. One, it's really good. Two, it tells me that Billy Graham even fought with his wife. Because a good marriage is not those that never have anything to forgive. It's the union of two good forgivers. And you know, anytime you see that word forgiveness in the Bible, it literally translates to this, to completely cancel the debt. To bring the balance that you have and all the things that you owe, to bring that balance all the way to zero. 
Now, if anybody has student loans, you should be saying amen and be praying for that right now. But that's, that's what that word means when you see the word forgiveness. It means that we're going to wipe the slate, the slate clean, that we're going to cancel the debt. We're going to bring that balance to zero. And for some of you, that type of forgiveness seems literally impossible. Because you're like, you don't understand my relationship with my dad. You don't understand what was said. You don't understand what, the, what happened in that relationship. And for that, for the balance to be zero, no. There's no way. That's impossible. And I'm here to encourage you today that it is possible. It is doable. And here's how I can be so confident in that. Because God showed us how when he forgave us. When we needed that, he showed us what it means to extend forgiveness that wasn't even deserved, to take, to cancel the debt, to bring the balance to zero. Listen to these two scriptures that are so beautiful. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. He, God, is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He canceled the debt. He made it zero. Listen to Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. It says that you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all, all of them, every single one of them, he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of charges. He brought that debt to zero against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Listen, church, because of what Jesus did on the cross, you and I have been completely, totally, and fully forgiven, past, present, and future. And the truth is, you and I will never, ever have to forgive somebody as much as we have experienced forgiveness. We'll never have to forgive anybody more than God has already forgiven you. But the truth is, you can never truly extend that type of forgiveness to somebody until you've truly experienced that type of forgiveness. Here's why. Because you can't give what you don't have. As much as I would want to give it, if I don't have it, I can't give it to you. So you can only, once you experience that, that unlimited, unmerited, you didn't deserve it, you didn't earn it, everything would scream that this shouldn't happen. And once you receive that, once you experience that, then you can actually extend that to another person. So write this principle down as we close. The forgiven, they forgive. The forgiven, forgive. Now once you've experienced that, to fight right, forget. Extend it. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. We're doing really good on time. So I don't want to miss this moment. I don't want it to go by. I don't want it to become routine. We want to create a space for right now for you to connect with God. 
and just ask God right now, maybe pray this in your own mind. Just ask God, God, what does my response need to be to this message? What are you saying to me? Not what are you saying to somebody else? Not what are you saying to my spouse or my friend, but what are you saying to me? A good way to maybe ask this to God, say, God, how is Monday going to look different because of my Sunday? What's a step that you want me to take today? Maybe for you, you need to sit down with your spouse sometime this week or maybe do it sometime today and write down some pre-fight rules. Maybe right now, you're in the middle of a fight and you need to make the choice to go first. And that's the step that you need to take. You don't need to wait one more second for somebody else to apologize or wait for somebody else to go first. You need to make the choice to do what's right and to go first and to initiate, to take the steps towards reconciliation. Or maybe you're here and you need to extend forgiveness to someone. You've experienced hurt and pain. And maybe for some of you, relationship may not be there, but you can still extend forgiveness. Or maybe you're here and you don't need to extend it. You need to experience forgiveness. Because you hear about that canceling the debt, wiping the slate clean, but you've never experienced that before. The truth is you can never extend that until you experience that. And so we want to give you the opportunity to make the most important decision of your life, the decision to receive forgiveness, to take the debt to zero, to have a fresh start, to start or restart a relationship with God. And maybe you're here today and you find yourself so far from God and you need just a fresh start today. You need to wipe the slate clean. Here's the great thing. Everything can change today, right now. We're not going to point you out. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to make you come forward. I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. And if you want to be included in that prayer, you're saying, today, I want a fresh start. Today, I want to make the decision to follow Jesus. Today, I want to experience the forgiveness and have my debt taken down to zero. And maybe you need to start or restart your relationship with God. If that's you, on the count of three, without shame and with a lot of conviction, I would love for you to put your hand straight up in the air. One, two, three. If you want to be included in that prayer, put your hand up. Put it high. That's great. I got you. I got you. I got you. That's awesome. That's great. You can put your hands down. And if you, if you made that decision today, or even if you didn't, and just pray something like this in your heart right now. Say, Jesus, I need you. I'm so sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Change me. Will you make me brand new? I surrender everything to you, everything. I surrender my past to you, the ways that I've messed up, the ways that I've made mistakes, the things that I've made in bad relationships, everything. I surrender everything in the past to you, but I also surrender my present to you, and I surrender my future to you. My whole life, I give to you. And today, I make the choice to follow you. Not just today, not just this week, but God, for the rest of my life, I follow you. Thank you so much, Jesus, for providing a way for my debt to be taken care of. 
I'm so thankful, so grateful. And with every head still bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray specifically as we wrap up this series. I want to pray for relationships, marriages, people that are engaged, future marriages. And God, right now, I lift up every single relationship, every single relationship that's in our church. God, I pray that they honor you. I pray for every marriage that's represented in our church. If you would, maybe if you grab the hand of your spouse beside you. And God, I just pray blessings over every marriage. God, I pray for every marriage, every single engagement that's going to be married, and every person in here that in the future is going to be married. God, I pray that we all make a personal decision and a decision as a couple to be able to build our entire life on you. That just like that scripture says, we're going to build our house on the rock. And God, no matter what is thrown our way, that our marriages, our relationships will stand. Not because we're building it on each other or we're building it on all these, on possessions or money or the neighborhood we live in or the cars that we drive. God, we are building our house on you. Realizing that when we do that, any storm that comes our way, any wave that crashes, any wind that gusts, God, our hand, our house will stand. And so, God, I pray blessings over every marriage, over every engagement, over every future marriage. And, God, I ask in Jesus' name, would you bring such conviction that even right now there's roots that are going down even deeper that says divorce is not an option. I'm keeping not a promise, but I'm keeping a covenant for the rest of my life till death do us part. That is our goal. And so, God, we thank you for everything that you've done today, for everything you've done over the last four weeks of our church. And God, we celebrate you today. In Jesus' name that we pray and everybody said. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com.